Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of No Place Like Mahomes. I am Sean Deegan, and it's been a minute. We missed some bad times, we missed some good times, but we're here for what will hopefully be the best times. So let's not delay at all, let's go ahead and dive into it, because good lord, we've got a lot to catch up on. Let's go ahead and introduce the guys. He is in mourning over Derrick Henry, almost becoming a chief. Jacob Allen is with us. What's going on, man? It nearly happened. It nearly happened. His fantasy teams are looking up now that Arthur Smith has been fired. Sam Bleckett is here. What's going on, man? If only I had any Falcon on any team. It'd be great. And I am Sean Deegan, and I want to know if Antonio Pierce will come coach for the Chiefs after the Raiders hire Jim Harbaugh. Let's dive into what the week that was, because we missed, what, a total of three weeks, technically, of football to talk about. Uh, holidays are just a, a tough time to navigate, folks, and so we decided to take a couple weeks off, just rest the old vocal cords, let things play out, that way we have an idea of what's going on, instead of trying to manage through technical difficulties and travel schedules and such, so we're back, and... We have a lot of football to catch up on. First off, before we dive into Chiefs football, what are your guys' thoughts on how all the playoff seeding finally came to pass? It all shook out finally. How do you feel about it? Any surprises, anything that missed opportunities or things that teams took advantage of? How did you feel about how the playoff seeding shook out when it was all said and done? Jacob, we'll start with you. I think the only shock would be that the Jaguars didn't make it because they just flat out blew it. That's about the only one that really surprised me. Um, I'd like to say the Steelers being in surprised me, but Mike Tomlin just knows how to make a competitive team regardless of who's on his roster. Sam, what about you? Anything stand out to you from the uh, the playoff week that well, the week to get to the playoffs that was when all the seeding was finally uh in front of us and had been figured out? Uh, yeah, I think um, the two Jacob obviously p- picked out with the Jaguars not making it in and then um, Pittsburgh actually making it in, but he kind of nailed both those. Um, I, looking at the other end of the bracket, I think you have to be just the kind of downfall of the Eagles over the past couple weeks, just really not playing well going into the playoffs, which is – the exact opposite of what they were last year. So I think that's that's been incredibly surprising that they have just fallen off a cliff, it seems like. Not going to count them out at all, but still just not not finishing the way that I think they, they expected to. Yeah, as far as the things that everything went to kind of the hell in a handbasket, you guys have covered it nicely with the Jaguars and the Eagles and whatnot. I wanna, I'll, I'll add one positive here. This, that's the Browns. Cleveland, I thought, was dead in the water. Especially after, you know, Deshaun wasn't playing particularly good football anyway. And then you're relying on P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And then the, the what we thought was the husk of Joe Flacco. Turns out it was the clone of, you know, Joe Flacco just with, you know, a little salt and pepper dashed onto him. And he's been playing lights out. When you look at that team, that defense looks rejuvenated back to kind of how they looked in the first half of the season. And the offense looks dangerous again. Jerome Ford has stepped in and played fantastic football at running back. Kareem Hunt's been a, a nice complimentary piece, which is all that you're really hoping for from him there. And Amari Cooper played out of his mind 
before he got hurt, and he looks like he'll be fine, you know, obviously for the playoffs, and Joe Flacco's been the dude. David Njoku with a, a sixth-year breakout in the NFL, what we all expected, certainly. It just looks like a different kind of team. And I, I think that that has been the one where if I'm an AFC team, if I'm the Chiefs or any AFC team above them, I'm, I'm not thrilled if I have to play them in the divisional or championship round. In all reality, Joe Flacco has just figured out how to beat the age cliff. He, he, you just need a nap. Sometimes you just got to take a little nap just on the sideline, and it rejuvenates you. That's how, that's how you fix it. Now, now the seating has been set, and again, for the AFC, it's Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, 1, 2, 3, the Texans, the team we talked about not really wanting to see, not only got there, but with the Jaguars falling apart, they take the AFC South with the fourth seed, and you have Browns, Dolphins, and Steelers, 5 through 7. On the NFC side, you've got the 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, 1 through 3, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams, Packers, 4 through 7. Give me your early playoff predictions, guys. Let's, let's talk about who gets through these this first round, and uh, then we'll look at maybe some broader picture stuff with the Super Bowl. For right now, what are your guys' playoff predictions here? Sam, we'll start with you. Sorry, I probably should have picked somebody to talk about. I say, Sean, um, your role is to say our names because... <laughs> we, we, we 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 don't know to speak when Sean, Sean don't say my name. And we can't have open floor talk. It's Bitcoin. You're the one that makes the lineup. I mean, you tell us who's batting leadoff. You have one job. You're the manager. Turning through the slate of games and just pick my winners, or yes, sir. All right, so got your super wild card weekend because it's super. Adding one extra playoff game makes it super. I, I think the, the Cleveland Browns-Houston Texan game is going to be fun because where Joe Flacco, yes, like the Browns are everything you said, Sean, is kind of coming on strong at the end of the year with the old man Flacco at the wheel. Like C.J. Stroud is just, he's it. He, he is the, the next quarterback up. And they've got, a, like, a lot of weapons that have emerged kind of out of nowhere. Uh, again, um, Singleton coming in and dethroning, who was supposed to be a very good young rookie, um, and then Nico Collins just balling out. It, it, I wish they still had Tank Dell. Like, Tank is he's incredibly fun to watch. Um, but I think the defense of the Browns is – I think what will win them games like obviously Joe can, can throw it deep and that's Amari Cooper's bread and butter, but that defense is, is pretty terrifying. And is Denzel Ward, I can't remember. Did he get hurt for the season or is he, was he just banged up at the end of the, or am I imagining things completely? I'm looking right now. I could be imagining things to be completely honest, but he had a a shoulder injury in week 13, but I don't, See that it stops him yet. So, okay. Well, I think it'll be a fun game. Um, I'm going to go with the Browns just because they are, they're going to be a fun team. And and if anybody not named the Chiefs wins, I hope it's the Browns. Like, I think that would be hilarious if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl coming off the couch and just falls asleep halfway through it. Um, Chiefs, Dolphins, as we'll get into a little bit further, won't dive too deep into it, but I think we, we do win this one. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, 
good job, Mike Tomlin. Um, you made it to the playoffs, but uh, that's as far as you're going. Cowboys, Packers, kind of the same way. I think that's going to be a very similar game to the Bills, Steelers, where it's like, good job, Packers. You made it to the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. Have fun. Yeah, go home. Um, Lions, Rams, the the matchup no one knew they needed between the discarded Jared Goff and the uh, hailed Matthew Stafford. Um, I want to say Lions. I, I like the Lions young team. Um, obviously, with Sam Laporta getting hurt last week, that's going to be a bit of a challenge because he has been a pretty phenomenal uh, rookie tight end this year. But but I'll go over Lions just for fun. Tampa Bay Eagle and then the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Eagles. With how the Eagles have been playing, um, it, it's not the walk in the park I think people thought it would be. Uh, so I, I'm going to go Eagles, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game for them. Jacob, what about you? What do you got for us for the opening week of playoff games here? Sorry, Sean. Uh, I thought I was batting leadoff. Me bad. <laughs> took your bat back to the bench. Like, well, I'm not hitting leadoff. Yeah, I'm exactly. not hitting at all. Exactly. I, I walked back to the dugout, put my bat down, forgot where I put it. Um, Texans, I think they're young and fun. I think this is their win of the playoffs, and then I think they're out after that. I don't even need to see who they're playing round two, but I think they're out. Chiefs, uh, Bills beat down the Steelers. Cowboys-Packers is the first one. I'm like, I could see the Packers giving the Cowboys. I don't like the Packers. Let me say this. I don't like the Packers. I don't like their team. I don't think they're good, but I don't trust the Cowboys. So I'm saying I'll give it to the Cowboys since it's home for them. The Rams are kind of one that I could see surprising somebody or maybe ruining a season. The Lions, on the other hand, are just a good, solid football team that I don't see messing up. So I'll go Lions. I'll be lame. And I'll say I'll actually pick the upset here and say the Buccaneers do it. And they take out the Eagles. But I think the NFC is the one with the most potential for upsets. I'll try to rip through mine here real quick. Uh, I am not as big a believer for the Texans. I think the Browns get them. I think that defense is is a tough cookie to crack um, when, you know, especially for a team that's going to be missing Tank Dell. You know, Nico Collins will be back, obviously, but that run game's been inconsistent. And I think if you can make them one dimensional, Texans are going to struggle against an elite defense. And the offense has come around and played well. Uh, Chiefs, I think, are catching Dolphins at the right time, so I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Um, we'll get into the final scores later. Um, Steelers at Bills. I think Bills dog walk the Steelers. Uh, I don't think that's going to be close. Packers and Cowboys. I think Packers will give a, a valiant effort, and I think Cowboys pull away late. Rams and Lions, I was thinking the same thing, Jacob. I think Rams, fully healthy, are a scary team. And I think they'll have all – they get all their pieces back, and I'm, I think they could upset the Lions. Um There'll be a lot of emotion on Detroit's side of things, and I think if the the Rams take a we've been there before approach, I think they could catch them. And then Eagles at Buccaneers, oh, man, right. talent wise, you say Eagles, right? You look at the talent differential, and it's like, oh, well, it's the Eagles, but they've just been playing so poorly. I, I I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna say the Bucks find a way to pull it out. I don't think you can get 
dismantled by the Giants and, and have people still believe in you as a team. And last thing here before we dive in chief specifics, what are your guys' early Super Bowl predictions? We've got the teams in place. We've seen the seeds. We know who we think is going to get through round one. Who do you guys have for an early Super Bowl pick? Jacob, we'll start with you. I posed this question mainly because I don't have an answer, which is where I usually come up with my questions. Because I think it'll just depend how all the matchups shake out this time. Whereas in the past, I think you could look at a team like, that's the one. Because it's like, the 49ers, this is their year or their Super Bowl to lose, I feel. You could look at the Ravens and be like, hey, they've been playing pretty solid. But at the same time, it's like, and I see them win games 13-10, to 10, and that just doesn't happen in the playoffs typically, which is what scares me. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, I just don't know. It's going to take a week-to-week thing of, well, let me see who's playing who. And then I'm going to keep saying that until we get to Super Bowl weekend. I'm like, okay, I've made my pick for who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl. Sam, what about you? Who do you got as an early Super Bowl prediction here? I, I Like I said, I, I would love just for the storylines and how funny it would be with how many quarterback troubles the Jets had this year for the, the Browns to win it, for Joe Flacco to just go and tear the freaking playoffs up like he did when he was with Baltimore. Um, but I, I'm hard-pressed not to just go Baltimore 49ers. I know it's boring, the two top seeds, but they're just – they are at a different level than everyone else right now. Um, Baltimore, like Lamar is, is proving everyone was stupid for not taking up the, like any other team pursuing him because he was on the, um, whatever, unrestricted tag or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I'll go, I'll have to be boring. It's probably 49ers and, and Baltimore. Yeah, I think 49ers are a clear favorite out of the NFC. They're just, I think the definitive, there's a reason they're the one seed. They're the most complete team. And I just, I, I like them the best. So I go 49ers and then, yeah, I just, Ravens are the, it's, it's, this is not an exciting pick, but yeah, the Ravens. I think both these teams are the most complete teams clearly on either, either conference. So I think, I think this is a pretty, pretty clear cut early look Ravens and Niners. Let's dive into Chiefs specific topics now because, Lord, we had a lot happen. While we are out, Chiefs finish up the season at 11-6 and six, led by uh, to get to 11th win by Blaine Gabbert <coughs> and uh, Nicole Hardman. We were talking about it before. We'll get into this later, but uh, we'll talk about how good it is to have Nicole Hardman back and what that might mean for Kansas City. How do you guys feel, though, before we dive into specifics, how do you guys feel about the season now that it's over? I went and pulled our, our prediction sheet. We all picked independently of each other as we went game by game. We ended up at 14-3 and across the board. Chiefs ended 11-6. and Still get the AFC West. So where, where are you guys at with this one? Sam, we'll let you bat lead off. How do you feel about the season now that it's in our rearview mirror? I, I Like I said, a whatever our last, I think it was our last podcast. I, I've unfortunately like, yes, if the Chiefs somehow make it to the Super Bowl, I'm still going to be incredibly happy and surprised, but I'd be completely surprised because this was a year of 
as I said, Veach pushed pushed the wide receiver core to the well one too many times, and it showed. Um, I, I don't think you can. I don't think we can class like yes, it's great to win the AFC West, um, but I ultimately I don't think you can classify this season, at least the regular season. Again, crazy crazy stuff has happened in the super, in, in playoffs before, but as far as regular season, I don't think you can classify it as a, a success. Like I don't think you have to be doom and gloom or burn it down. We have to retool everything because we are what right where we predicted if. People can catch the dang ball. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a disappointment of a season, but it and it showed the weaknesses. But I think, as we saw against the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl against the Bucks, Veach knows when to retool. He did it with the offensive line, and I think this season we'll see it with the wide receivers core in, in some form or fashion. Jay, what about you? Where where are you at on this season now that it's all said and done? The Chiefs have finished eleven and six. I think this is the season they were probably supposed to have last year, but it happened this year. Of you know, like hey, you're rebuilding off of Tyreek Hill, and this is kind of where it hit them clearly. Like they actually hit the receivers room this year. I mean, I feel like I'm my expectations are back to pre Mahomes expectations of man. That'd be great to see the Chiefs win a playoff game. Like, that's how much I've lowered the bar. And because I realized I don't want to be miserable watching the Chiefs. And, you know, so many people now are just miserable with these insane expectations that they have for them of if they don't win the Super Bowl, the season's just a complete waste and sucks. And this team sucks and fire Brett Veach. It's like, <laughs> lighten up, people. It's like, take it week by week. Enjoy what you're getting to watch because I promise you, it was way worse before Mahomes. And again, before it was, man, I would love to see my team win a playoff game. Uh, and for more context, Sean and I decided to drive through a snowstorm, much like Kansas City has had over the last couple of days, to watch them blow a lead to the Colts. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough day. Probably why I have trust issues. I I think if you look at the season... From the starting point that we had, you'd go, man, this really wasn't that good. But I think if you went in with the knowledge of what we know now, that the receiving core is going to be not just bad, but atrocious, and that the offensive line was not was going to take a definitive step back, especially at tackle, and all and, and the defense was going to play elite-level football, but it was going to really hurt the... Um, it was really going to hurt the 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 offense was going to hurt enough that it didn't matter. That's what I'm trying to say. Try to get words out here. I think you might look at 11 and six in an AFC West championship and go, "Wow, that was a hell of a season." We lost Eric Bieniemy. You have a, a rookie, a, a first year wide receiver coach. Now I won't say rookie coach because he's coached other stuff, but first year coaching wide receivers in a team that had. One veteran that was supposed to be worth anything, and he was one of the worst of the year with Marquez Valdez Scantling. It's it's been a tough season, and yet they still managed to get to eleven and six. So, if you look at it from start to finish, I think you look at it as a, a frustrating thing from where expectations started. But 
if you look at it with the knowledge that we had now at the beginning of the season, I think you'd look at it and go, this is, this is an impressive feat for them to still finish 11-6 and and as AFC West champs. On that point, though, about looking ahead, looking behind, what, what were things that we over or maybe underestimated about this team going into preseason? Because like I said, we all picked them 14-3. and three. So we all had super high expectations for this team. And they didn't quite get there. And they've had real struggles offensively. So what were the things that maybe we, we didn't see that could have been problems and things that maybe we didn't give enough credit to? Um, that, that have been real strengths of this team. Um, Sam, we will turn things around and we'll let you take the lead on this one. What are some of the things that were that you over or underestimated about this team that we, that, uh, at the start of the preseason before the, the year began? Um, not to inadvertently toot my own horn, but I underestimated the defense saying that they'd be a top seven because um, they are currently second in yards per game, uh, they are the fourth best passer or passing team. They ball off a little bit on rushing. They're 17th, so that's not the best. But, I mean, when you've got two shutdown corners, no one's going to pass on you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was uh, even exceeded my expectations of how good the defense was going to be. And then I – the conversations will come. They've already happened with the, the pundits and, and uh, national media, but slightly overestimated the ability for Travis to be ageless, to just continue. And again, he had a good season. Like he almost like didn't hit his thousand yards. So it's the first time in eight years he hasn't gotten a thousand yards. But like in my head, I, it, and I again maybe it was me fooling or fooling myself or just like just expected him to be the same guy. Like he, he didn't look the same. Like this is the first year we've seen him not be. And, and there could be a lot of factors to it. He could come back out next year when we have a revamp wide receiver core and look great. But this is the first year where it's just like, he's so good. Like, don't get me wrong. He's so great, but he's just not the Travis that we have come to know on the chiefs. Jay, what about you? What did you over or underestimate? about this team at the start of the preseason here. Uh, yeah, I'm with Sam, and Sam was way closer because I was like, eh, defense, top 15 in the league pretty easily, but probably not much above top 10. So Sam was way more right than me. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously didn't think the offense was going to be a mega issue like it is. I didn't love the receiver room. Like, I was never bought in on Sky Moore, and I never liked MVS when I signed him, so I was not surprised that he now didn't do anything. I didn't think he'd be as bad as he is, but I did not expect the offense to take such a nosedive. But, I mean, I feel like that's the general overall feeling about the Chiefs from all fans. I, I Defense is the easy one as a whole. I, I will to my own horn a little bit uh, in a similar manner to Sam and say that I underestimate, underestimated my boy, Legereus Sneed. I said at the beginning of the year, I was like, I think Sneed's good at everything, and I think McDuffie is elite at everything. And as the season's gone on, I think Legereus Sneed has shown that 
he, at least for this year, we'll see how it, how it continues on, but he might be the next big thing at corner too. And that's what's made this deep. One of the things that's made this defense so great is they've got two top tier corners just taking away studs. Sam, you know, started as a joke and then it just turned into like the prediction to make and teams, a number one receiver having a bad day against the chiefs corners. So I'll say I underestimated seeing the corners, those two specifically. Um, offensively, I do think that Kelsey's a good call. I'll even say coaching, though. Like, getting Matt Nagy back, like, he knows Andy Reid's offense, but he is a very different type of coach than Eric Bieniemy. And I think that that transition maybe is going to be more difficult than we thought. And then, like I said earlier, like, you had a, a first-year wide receiver coach coaching a bunch of young players as well as some guys who just you were relying on to be st- stabilizing pieces, and they just aren't very good. And so I think that with the coaching staff turnover, you know, again, it's kind of it's something that you expect with Andy Reid's teams most of the time, but they've had a lot of stability with the Eric Bieniemy reign at offensive coordinator. There really wasn't a whole lot of shifting. In, in, in places that really mattered. And I think this year we saw what happens when maybe there's a lot more shuffling and more pieces are taken off of your coaching staff. And it's, you know, not just players getting their feet wet, it's coaches getting their feet wet. I think that that maybe contributed to the the struggles with the transition on the offense more than maybe we gave it credit for. Last thing here, and then we'll dive into the Chiefs versus Dolphins. What's one thing that you learn here at the end of the season, you look back and you go, you know, this is the one thing that, whether I'm going to use this for further evaluation or how I make predictions or just my own personal expectations, what's one thing you learned this season that you're going to carry into next offseason? And I forgot to start somebody off again. So we will go to Sam this time. Sam, go ahead. Cliche, but Pat can't do it by himself. As much as... as- he has made us believe it is not feasible for him to just do everything. Jay, what about you? What's one thing you learned that you're going to take into the next offseason? I think what I learned is when you let one of your star players hold your cap as a as the casualty of their, you know, wanting a new deal, you can screw up a season. So I think me and hopefully the Chiefs go into the offseason saying, Chris Jones, we're either getting this deal done today or we're trading you yesterday. I think more than ever, more than ever, even in the midst of a winning season with a championship game, this is one where, you know, it's Jimmy's and Joe's and not X's and O's. Right? Like, it's, we get excited about Andy Reid's schemes, we get excited about Spag's exotic blitzes, but we've, we've now seen, not just on the defensive side of the football, but also on, on offense, where it doesn't matter how creative you are. It doesn't matter how much of a mastermind you are at your craft and constructing a game plan, you know, scheme, plays, etc. You're not, you're not any better than the guys that are on the field. Like, there have been times where, like, players have just covered up. Like, they, they are just better than whatever mistake or bad scheme was made this year. I fully believe that on defense. And there are times when Marquez Valdez-Scantling is drawn up to be wide open by Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes hits him in the hands, and it just doesn't matter. I think more than this this year, emphasize more than ever that you got to have the horses to run. 
because there you can only rely on Patrick Mahomes to to carry you and elevate you so much. Eventually, you do need guys who are talented. Let's dive into the Chiefs playoff game in the wild card round against the Miami Dolphins. Chiefs have already defeated this team once before earlier this season over in Germany, and in a, uh, what was not a not the expected scores, twenty-one to fourteen. So again, a much lower score than what you might have thought, especially considering that. The, the Dolphins were coming off weeks where they had put up 70, 31, 42, and 31, and four out of the six weeks leading up to that game. So how are you guys feeling about this Dolphins offense now? Because over these past three weeks, they've scored 14 points, 19 points, and 22 points. That's Buffalo, Baltimore, and Dallas games. They haven't scored – they've scored 30 against the Jets that week before, but they haven't really scored 30 against a good team really all year. Like, they got 36 against the Chargers, 70 against the Broncos, 31 against the Giants, 42 against the Panthers, 31 against the Patriots, 34 against the Jets, 45 against the Commanders, and 30 against the Jets again. They haven't put up numbers on good teams. So how are you guys feeling about this offense now versus how we felt about it Going to last game and even leading up, you know, Sam, I know you have said it, and I think we've all kind of echoed it different different levels of, of fear or anxiety, not really wanting to face this offense again, but they haven't really been clicking here of late. So how do you guys feel about this offense now that the Dolphins will have coming into Saturday night? Jacob, we'll start with you. I think the Chiefs will contain them much like they did in the first one. I you know they don't even they don't have Jaden Waddle either, right? I mean he's not supposed to return, I don't think, by this game. Um, Tyree Kill's been a little bit banged up this year too, because I know he's been playing, missing parts of games with, you know, getting himself straightened back out. And I mean anybody who watched that, which I assume most Chiefs fans probably watched that Dolphins Bills game in hopes of go Dolphins so that the Chiefs could play the Steelers. But anyone who watched that game saw that. Their entire offense is get the ball to Tyree Kill right now. And if they don't, they struggle. Sam, what about you? You were kind of the one who put it out there in the first for Jake Barad, but not wanting to see this Dolphins team again. Are you still feeling that way given the, the most recent stretch of play from the Dolphins offense? Or do you think maybe the Chiefs are catching them at the right time? Yeah, I think we're catching them at as best a time as you can. Um, because, again, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see if Jalen Waddle plays. Um, I know he's been listed as uh, been on the injury report and hasn't been participating, but it's playoffs. Like, you could potentially see him going. Um, I think my worry is not, again, the defense shutting down their offense. Like, it's our offense doing anything. And that's why I would have preferred the Steelers, even though Steelers have played relatively well here recently. Um, Mason Rudolph is apparently the secret to their success. But their defense is a bit hampered. Uh, do you guys know who their pass rushers are currently? I just They're saw. all Chiefs. I do. <laughs> all yes. former Chiefs. Justin Houston. Justin Houston. Manuel Ogba. Manuel Ogba. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. <laughs> 
Welcome home, boys. <laughs> What's Josh Kando doing right now? Yeah. What about what about Josh Maga? They're going more old school guys. Where's Taco Charlton at? Taco, <laughs> Taco Charlton. Who are Taco. other defensive ends formerly? Of? What's Jared Allen doing these days? Yeah. So their their defense is definitely uh, hampered a bit. Not obviously losing Bradley Chubb is a big big loss, but. I think I've I've come around a little bit feeling a little better about it than I had if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, just because I think the Dolphins are have shown that they they're bullies when it comes to bad teams, but haven't been able to play against good teams. But again, we're not that good of a team this year outside of our defense. So Yeah, I think that they are cashing them at the right time. I think the way you phrase it, Sam, is probably the best way to say it, and that they're catching them at the best time you probably could be catching that offense at. And I agree that you know, it's different in the playoffs. It's a whole – Andy Reid's talked about it, how you know the speed of the game picks up another half step. gets that much quicker. You have to be that much sharper. And Chiefs haven't really been sharp offensively, but defensively they've been about as close to pristine as you could hope for them to be. So I think they're catching that Dolphins offense at the right time. I'm not as nervous as I have been just because the corner play for the Chiefs has been so good. You know, Jalen Watson even had, even just in this last game, had a terrific showing at corner. And he's your fourth or fifth guy coming in uh, into your secondary from a corner position. So I'm, I'm confident that the Chiefs defense can hold up this offense. It's just, does it work the other way around? I do wonder... For the Dolphins' offense, and we'll just roll right into the next question here, how much the cold that's supposed to set in is going to affect them? They're a warm-weather team, not used to coming into where the predicted temperature is zero, where the wind chill of, what was it, like negative 14? I think it was one of the last ones I saw. Not ideal for a team used to playing in, in sunny Florida to come into to frigid Kansas City. I do have to think that's going to affect them somewhat. Maybe not guys like Tyreek who have been who have been in Arrowhead. They kind of have a better idea of what to expect. But you know, can Tua hang in in this weather? Can Jalen Waddle, you know, knowing that his body's already kind of banged up, does his body lock up with the cold? Does he get stiff and have a hard time keeping himself loose? You know, a chain Raheem Mostert, do they hang on to the ball quite as well with the cold? How does how does this affect them? Again, I've never played in football, so I don't know how the cold affects. But I have to think that even just mentally, the idea of walking out to something and seeing zero is brutal. So we'll, we'll, I want to ask you guys, too, where are you at? How much does the cold affect this team coming into Arrowhead? Sam, we'll start with you. Sean, just so you know, it's awful. <laughs> I, I've, I never played in a, in a game that's going to be this cold, but I played in one that was probably wind chills down around zero. It hurts to touch people. Like the, the offense, like at least I did between like me and the defensive end, I was playing with, we had like an agreement that we're just going through the motions. Cause this is not fun. Like none of this is enjoyable. Um, but it, it plays very well into the thing the chiefs need to do, which is allow the man who is angry at the world and hates grass to do his thing and let Isaiah Pacheco just bulldog over people and make them not want to touch him because that that's what wins you games like this is, is a guy like that, that just relishes in contact after a quarter of doing that, the defenders, the defenders, and again, these are pros like 
different level, but they're still human. And after you get a guy that hits you, then runs straight back to the huddle, hits you, then runs straight back to the huddle and just keeps going constantly, it's not going to be fun. So I, I think the Chiefs have to play into that. Um, Mike McDaniels always wears a shirt that says, I wish it was colder. Well, he's going to get it. And that's one of the reasons I think I'm not as nervous as I was because it it's playing into what the Chiefs are this year very well. Jay, what about you? Where are you at with how the weather is going to impact the Dolphins? How much effect do you think it's going to have? I know it's affecting me not debating driving to Kansas City and going to the game. Yeah, it's it's tough to say because it's like, you know, they often say like, when it's a snow game, it helps the offense because the defense has to react. I don't think that's going to be a factor because they've had plenty of time to clear snow. But, but Sam's right. It's like, you're going to see some more broken tackles and some more 75% hit, <laughs> hit, Hit speed, I guess I'm going to call it. Because, yeah, it hurts to hit people when it's cold. Let's flip to the other side here. I want to ask a, a couple of questions more about focused on the offense now. We mentioned, how, Sam brought it up, how the, the new defensive ends for the, the Dolphins and how they've been really banged up this year defensively. And it wasn't really a strength of theirs to begin with necessarily on that team. So we've asked this of a couple of teams, not a playoff team so far, but how likely is this a get-right game for the Chiefs offense? Dolphins have tons of injuries. They're coming into a a game where it's cold. We've already discussed that. Can this be a game where the Chiefs offense can put up, you know, 24, 28 points and and feel like they're going to win this game comfortably? Jacob, we'll let you bat lead off this time. My answer is no, not without sort of – with a defensive score or a defensive turnover that puts you in uh, scoring position. I, I really hope they just recognize what they are. They're not a, they're not 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards offense They're Hopefully they understand that they are control the clock, you know, short passing game. Occasionally Mahomes rips off a play that kind of turns the game. That's what I hope they realize they are. And they're like, hey, we scored 24 points. We know we're going to win because our defense is good enough to keep teams under 24. I'm beyond expecting a get-right game. I'm at the point where I'm just like, get the right mindset of who you are. Don't expect something else. Yeah, I have to. I I think on paper it looks good for it, right? It looks good for a get-right game. But so far the Chiefs haven't really had one of those. So I'm trying not to get my hopes up that they will be able to just, you know, magically figure things out now that they've made it to the wild card round of the playoffs. So on paper, it looks good for a get right game, but just there, unless there's, there's a major change offensively in, in consistency from the receiving core, the tackles block better. You know, a lot of things have to happen and maybe it'll get better because Donovan Smith is, is thought that he's going to be back for this game which I think will help that offensive line. I, I, I'm still hoping just, you know, get, get to 21, maybe 24 if you can scrape out that extra field goal and let your defense be your defense, and hopefully that will be enough. Last thing here before we get into final scores and bold predictions and set it at the top of the show, but we'll say it again. 
Nicole Hardman was activated off injured reserve, played the entire game. I do mean 100% of the snaps this uh, past week uh, against the, um, oh, for the love of God, who did they play? Chargers. Good Lord. I'm really losing it, guys. It's been a long season. Uh, this last week against the Chargers, Nicole Hardman and had a good day. He looked good, and I don't know how much of that is just based on what we've seen so far this year. Because uh, he had 11 targets, 6 catches, and 77 yards. It's a pretty good day. You'd like to see him bring in a, a couple more of those targets, but a good day. How much, I cannot believe I'm asking this, but how much does having McCole Hardman back help this offense? And I think it is only right that we start with Sam on this question. Sam, tell it to me straight. How much better is this offense with McCole Hardman on it? Uh, infinitely, because it means MVS doesn't have to be on the field. Because I <laughs> won't dive into my past history with McColl, but um, he we know what, as I said before the podcast, the guys, we know what he is. And the fact that he looked as good as he did, great. Again, I'm never going to say McColl is not a talented athlete, just not a great wide receiver. That's been his case. It, it's the same with freaking Kadarius Tony. Amazing athlete. Can't catch the dang ball. But McColl at least can catch the ball. Like, he knows how to track deep balls. So he he makes it infinitely better. Infin, uh, what is infinity times zero? Still zero? Exactly. So. <laughs> I don't know if it, it's that much of an improvement. But, yes, he will make it better just because the product that we've seen has not been – has been garbage. So, Jacob, what about you? How much better do you think the offense is with McCole Hardman now that he's back? I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to get hurt again. Uh, well, I'd like to first start off with um, infinity times zero is not something that the math people have a uh, concrete answer on because of the properties of both things. I just had to state that as the resident math teacher. So it's a complete unknown, which is actually a better answer. <laughs> that actually tracks. That actually like lines up beautifully with this analogy. Yes. Yes. And no one knows and you can choose what you want. He he definitely teases you because it's like, wow, he looked great in that game. But he also dropped, what, two or three balls? I'm counting his like stopping on a route as a drop. Also, it was great to see Blaine Gabbert just absolutely lose his cool on that one. I was like, oh, this is what a normal human being would do after one terrible decision by their wide receivers. Like, makes you appreciate Patrick Mahomes and how patient and not insane. Sorry, Blake Gabbard's not insane. He's human. It's like, that's what the rest of us would be doing. And the majority of NFL quarterbacks would be like, are you kidding me? I'll lob it out there. Wouldn't mind seeing Mahomes do that once or twice this year. <laughs> right. Right, right. But, yeah, I I have hope, but I'm ready to get hurt again. I think the best possible thing that could have happened for the Chiefs is what happened this past week. Because McColl showed that he can be productive, and every other defense saw that too. 
And so you have to at least account for him when he's on the field, which is not something they've had to do for Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Sky Moore. They will literally just let them run by because they know Mahomes isn't even looking at him. So I think having McCole Hardman at minimum makes the defense play a little more honest, which hopefully will open things up underneath more for Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and everybody else who's been playing the 10 yards and in routes. If you can have that guy, just have him there to keep the defense honest and occasionally make some plays, that's, that's all I'm needing. And that, as Sam said, is infinitely better than what they've had. Let's wrap this up with some final scores and bold predictions. First one in a while that I think we've all been together. I think we haven't we only had one in the last like what four or five weeks. We're all together to get final scores and bold predictions. So this will be nice. I was right on all of them. You were crushed all of them, especially the bye week. So we'll we'll go ahead and get this started. Sam, we'll let you bat lead off. Um, I am curious to see if you go back to the wide receiver pool or not, but. Where are you at with this? Final score and bold predictions. What do you got for us here? Um, the obligatory Tyreek Hill will have three catches for 55 yards. He'll get one big one. So that's obviously my bold prediction that has to happen. My other bold prediction is Isaiah Pacheco has 150 yards rushing. Just say that, 150 yards. Um. Score prediction, I do think it'll be a low-scoring affair overall, uh, kind of similar to what we saw, well, low-scoring in comparison to what we would expect. 24-20, Chiefs. Jay, what about you? What do you got for a final score and bull prediction here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 24-17. I, you know, that's, that's where I'm at because I was like – I think it's almost a repeat of the prior game where it's the Chiefs are in control the whole time and just keep them at arm's length and Dolphins maybe make one push near the end to try to make it a game and it just doesn't happen for them. Bold prediction. Uh, my bold prediction is uh, 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 mm, let's go with McCall Hardman say he has 60 yards receiving. <laughs> That's bold, right, for McCole Hardman? It is bold. <laughs> he just had 77 yards. He just had 77 yards. That wasn't in a question real is, game. Here's, here's the real question, Jacob. How many of those are passes he catches behind the line of scrimmage? Oh, every single one of them. Oh. <laughs> he won't catch a ball further than five yards down the field. I was going to say 24 as well, but for the sake of being slightly different, I'll say 23 to 20. Chiefs squeak the field goal. And I'll say that we'll go to the other side of the football. I'll say that Sneed ends up with a pick and a sack. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you joining us each and every week, although it's been pretty much... Oh, weeks here, Blake. So glad to have you back. 
Glad that we are all back just in time for the playoffs. It should be an exciting affair. Dolphins are a tough opponent and should be a lot of fun. Keep our fingers crossed that the next time we talk, it will be about a Chiefs victory and moving on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Until next time, you all stay safe out there. We will talk to you next week.